This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast, episode 87, Mission to Moscow. What is that from? It's another police academy one. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Gonna run out of those soon. I need yeah, to. Yeah, we uh, always have really... those to fall back on. Yeah, I need to catch up on my police academy uh, library there. Yep. I feel like I've learned about a lot of them over this course. <laughs> With me, as always, are my fellow comrades in crime. Colin Harmon. Oh, yes. Good to be here. (laughs) And Wes Allen. This is a true story of three strangers picked to record a podcast and have their lives recorded to find out what happens when the people when people stop being polite and And start start getting getting real. real. That's good. This is a real world pass forward. Uh, That doesn't sound right. It needs to be. Oh, it's a real world Moscow. That's Ooh. what it is. <laughs> I would go to that. So welcome back. It's uh, it's been a minute. Last uh, last month we talked about love songs. Mm-hmm. We had Still our listening own, to those. We had our own uh, news episode. So it's time for that news episode again. Lots happened. I feel like lots mm-hmm. happened. Tampa Bay Buccaneers won a Super Bowl. I felt like I should mention that because that mm-hmm. is my favorite team, and mm-hmm. I'm still on top of the world. So. Mm-hmm. Take that, Chiefs fans. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll get right to it because there's a lot to talk about. This is the episode we like to call a recurrent affair. You know, I was at, uh, uh, I had a dream the other day that I was thinking about a restaurant I was going to go to, like the first one I was going to go to. And uh, when I walked into that restaurant in the future, that was what was playing. Mm. <laughs> Poetic. This is mm. Stupid. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Well, we always kick this off with the people who have kicked the bucket. Uh, Thankfully, not as many people Mm -hmm. as there have been in the past. Uh, So we'll just lead it off with the biggest one, at least the most well-known one. We'll we'll put it that way. Is Mm -hmm. uh, Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, uh, died of lung cancer, which was crazy. I don't know if it was widely known that he had it until he died. Uh, Yeah, I was going to ask you guys did you know that was coming? Like, I didn't know that was uh, even a scenario. Not that I well, there were, like, keep up with what he's up to, but. There was news a, a month or two ago before he died that he had gone into the hospital for, I don't even think they revealed what it was, but it didn't um, seem good. Ooh. Yeah, so um, a lot of, he, I mean, he died at 44, super young, so it is tragic. Uh, and, you know, we all have a lot of fond memories of Screech and Saved by the Bell and, uh, you know, very big staple in a lot of our early lives so it is sad on that front i you know i'd be remiss to you know not mention the fact that he turned into a person that was probably not very well liked (laughs) to put it a little more gently uh, yeah i feel like that's that's the main bummer about the situation that i don't feel like he really got a second chance to kind of redeem himself publicly at least i don't i don't obviously we didn't know him and his private life, but it's like, you know, with reality shows and just kind of news about him over the last, I don't know, two decades, I guess. Like, he's just not been viewed as a very positive person 
Um, but, you know, it just sucks that he didn't have kind of a second chance to kind of redeem himself. Yeah, he fell into that child star trap, it seems, that uh, so many other actors fall into that, you know, some of them pull themselves out of it, some of them don't. Um, and he seemed to make money off of not pulling himself out of it, so why would he? <laughs> and I feel like that's, you know, kind of the thing that ends up happening to a lot. I mean, you think of all the other reality show stars that he shared a camera with. Um, so it's, it's sad to think about, but, um, yeah, hopefully, like you said, Wes, not that we know about, you know, so maybe there was moments there where he has, you know, later in his life, um, calmed down quite a bit and yeah, but, uh, RIP Dustin Diamond. He did. He does kind of have that name though, that does fit, uh, the lifestyle that is true. and occupations that he chose. It that feels right. Just, it, it feels <laughs> like it fits. That is true for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one is one that's kind of niche. You probably don't know who this is unless you, uh, were big into the church world, Christian church world in the 90s, but Carmen, a Christian musician, <laughs> passed away at the age of 65. And if you were a part of that niche, hey, he was a big deal. So we felt like we should mention it, especially in the 90s. Um, one particular, if you wanted to look him up, one particular uh, song that sticks out in my head is the, is it called The Fight? Uh, where he basically sings about a boxing match between Jesus and Satan. So... Oh. Just to tease that one out, you should look it up. You should Google it. I think it's called The Fight or The Fighter, something like that. Yeah, the main thing I associate with him is that my uh, gym teacher, like I went to a Christian school from middle and high school, and in middle school I had this gym teacher that would, anytime we, I think he was also a teacher. I think he taught Bible, which is unfortunate, but to have the gym (laughs) teacher teach Bible. Sure. But he would constantly wheel in the TV and play music videos from Carmen. And I remember <laughs> he just had he had pretty elaborate music videos. Like he had ones that had like demons and stuff in it that he would he'd like go in. He would dress as like a cowboy and go into like an old Western. And he'd like it was basically I can't remember the song, but it was basically like a take on the devil goes what? down to Georgia. And he nice. was just. <laughs> <laughs> there were all these like elaborate costumes mm. it almost kind of looked like the trolls from uh Ernest scared stupid like they oh, were very it. elaborate makeup and stuff that they did in his music videos but yeah. it was that's what sticks out in my memory about Carmen the the champion by the way is the name of not the fighter the champion uh. so make sure you guys and girls look that one up you will be entertained at the very least Can yeah you imagine entertaining like, yeah can you imagine going to like his funeral and then like it's like a moment of silence and it gets really quiet and then like out of some inexplicable sound source it's like Lazarus <laughs> and then his like <laughs> casket starts going up out of the grave and he just like sits up out of it and he's coming back from the dead that'd be amazing mm. it probably didn't happen I've <laughs> said it I before it on the news. I've said it before but. Colin but your brain is beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move but, on to the things that are not dying but are actually being revived. Unless Wes, you the, have something you were going to say there? By the way, the video I was talking about was called Satan Bite the Dust. So <laughs> oh, that's perfect. A, that's, a, that's a good one to Another one to look out. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Carmen. Okay, 
So, so the things that are being revived, uh, and this is, you know, obviously the whole reason we have a whole news, dedicated news episodes, because things keep getting revived and rebooted. So there's a lot that's happening here. One of those is a revival of Frasier. You may have seen a lot of Paramount Plus commercials. Oh. Frasier's jumping on that train. And um, it, now, Wes, I'm going to have to ask you, because you're the, the, the writer of the news bits here. Do you know anything more about this? Is it like a reunion type of situation? Or is it like, Roseanne, we're coming back. You know, mm. this is full season no, I think kind it, of stuff. It, it's a legitimate show. Um, I, I don't know much other than that, but it, it isn't just like a reunion, kind of like Friends and stuff are doing. But it it is like an actual TV show that they're doing. I don't know much else about it. Okay, maybe he'll is find actually, out what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Uh, is Kelsey Grammer <laughs> like? Is it original cast coming back for it for the most part? I mean, obviously it can't be everybody, but all that are living that yeah. I assume. Wow. Um, Which and I think I that know Kelsey Grammer is his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And Eddie. And I think Kelsey Grammer. I think he kind of has a premise in mind that he's been trying to pitch for a couple of years. So hmm. it's good okay. that he's at least passionate about you know the storyline or whatever they're kind of going after. So. I've said I'm it before intrigued. on this podcast, but Frasier is a very very good show. Probably lasted you know, a little I've, too long, as they do, but it was it was a very good sitcom. Probably top five in the 90s. You know, I have still never have watched one episode of Frasier, so I need to change that. It started sure. in, like, I feel like in 89. So, I mean, it's pretty rough to start, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's good humor. It's very good uh, twist, or not twist, but, you know, it's not your typical family comedy that was coming out around that time. Uh, yeah. The premise of it is him living a single life in Seattle, and his brother's there, and he had, you know, his dad's, um, you know, rough around the edges and not as high class as he and his brother. It's a good dynamic. He's working at a radio station. It's just one of those things where I, I feel like it was kind of on the front end of like, okay, all these sitcoms have been about all these families with adorable children. How about we start just making sitcoms about adults, you know, living living a single life in a city? So you know, Seinfeld was one of those that was starting that, uh, and then obviously Friends came around. But um, anyway. Frazier's really so was good, he, and I recommend it. Was he a radio host in the show? Yeah. I wonder if he's going to be like a podcast host now or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's He'd cool. be like one we of us. Have, we should have him on. Yes. <laughs> Yo, Kelsey, hit us up. <laughs> we'll give you the gift of being on our show, Kelsey. <laughs> okay, Start so we have, um, we have a Pet Cemetery prequel coming to Paramount+. Plus. I feel like Paramount is really making a push. Like they are putting a lot of their eggs in this basket. Real uh, hard. Trying to compete with HBO Max and I guess Peacock is one of the top ones. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) yeah. Well, the funny thing about Paramount is is that they've gone in really hard with the last couple of months. But it's like, you know, they just came out a few days ago. And I don't feel like they have a whole lot of original content yet. So I feel like it's a weird time for them to launch. Hmm. I feel like yeah. as soon as they launch, they like, we'll talk about a lot of the things later on this episode, but they, they announced a lot when they first opened, but it's like, you know, when they, a lot of the original content's just not there yet. Um, hmm. They have a ton, you know, if we're talking about stuff that we grew up with, they have a ton of good 
old school Nickelodeon stuff and old school MTV stuff. Like they have a ton of good TV stuff there. They don't really have many movies on there, but it's like TV stuff. I feel like it's worth maybe the five bucks a month or whatever to go down like a nostalgic hole of like yeah. all that kind of stuff. I agree with that. I well, feel like the, once they build up some of their content, I'll be like, yeah, I'll take three months as right. a free as a free trial. I'll do to the like free trial through all this. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you're a Pet Cemetery fan, we've got a prequel coming to Paramount Plus, and it's from the same writer as the uh, 2019 Pet Cemetery uh, reboot yeah. movie thing, Thingamajigger remake, whatever. Which could be good. I, I don't know. It's like I wasn't a super fan of the remake, but. It at least was made well. I just didn't really like the take that they made, and they kind of made some changes. So hopefully kind of doing something more original but living in that same world would be kind of cool. Uh, It's like I've never read the book, but I'm sure that there's probably a lot of references to the history of, like, the actual Pitt Cemetery that weren't in the movies. Mm. Um, So hopefully there's something to kind of draw from and actually make some like original material with it as well. So hopefully it'll be cool, but that's interesting. Twisted metal. There's going to be a TV series on twisted metal. I assume this is the video game that it is. Yes. uh, I guess inspired by it's gonna be a live action TV series. So that should be interesting. Cause I mean, twisted metal, as I understand it. So it was an old PlayStation game and it was basically just cars destroying each other right i mean it wasn't yeah. really much more yeah. to that yeah that was the goal is to ruin all the uh, it was like you started off with i don't know 10 cars and you were one and you were the idea was to destroy all of them and you were the last one mm. level yeah. the actually Mos- Ma- Ma- moscow was one of the levels so hey that ties in mm. <laughs> call back i'm sure he did that on purpose but yeah but it's like one of these things it's like i don't know how you make a tv show out of it I don't know how you make like a story, but uh, I don't know. It has like the writers from Deadpool and Zombie Land, so hopefully that True. yeah seems like right. it would have some comedy elements to it. So it, that's probably the best way to take it if you're gonna make a live action TV series out of it. Honestly, yeah. yeah, it may be a good thing that it's there's not a whole lot there other than the title, just simply because they have the creative freedom to make it whatever they want. There's they're not beholden to any like big storylines or something that video game nerds would be pissed off if they didn't, you know, hold. Yeah. I feel like the only thing is just characters, you know, it's like there's a few iconic characters from the game. Uh, I think Mr. Tacey, I think, I think it was Mr. Tacey. I forget what his name was, but the clown car was probably the most iconic part of it. Um, So I assume that they would just include characters and kind of, you know, make up their own storyline with it and just ridiculous over the top action and stuff. Yeah, do you think they're going to go like the uh, Pixar cars route where like the cars are uh, alive or is it going to be like this Fast and the Furious kind of style where like the drivers inside is who offer the You know, I think the win here is the mixture of the two. I think Mm -hmm. that would probably be the best route to go is to combine Fast and Furious and cars together. So that would probably be best. So do that. (laughs) I'm here for that. I'll take it. (laughs) I'm an audience for that for sure. Take my money. So you heard me allude to the Super Bowl earlier. If you watch the Super Bowl and you listen to this podcast, you likely watched it for the commercials. And yes. since we are now in that target demographic, we're getting a lot of delicious, <laughs> nostalgic commercials that are aimed at us spending money. 
Uh, so there were a few commercials, particularly one. I feel like that was targeted specifically for Wes. Um, <laughs> it was Uber Eats yeah. bringing Mike Myers and Dana Carvey in for Wayne's World. Yeah, I've definitely used a lot more Uber Uber Eats since the Super Bowl just because they they got me. But yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't Suckers. seen it, go ahead and look them up. They're on, they're on YouTube. Uh, what did you think, Wes? Did you feel like it was a good like? Did it bring nostalgia to you, or you feel like it was too cheesy um, and much of a, too much of a stretch? I'm kind of half and half on it because like, of course I'm gonna like it because it's Wayne's World and I just love. I want anything Wayne's World, but it's like obviously they're older and they the wigs just don't look that <laughs> right on them anymore. So it's just like it, it's one of these kind of tongue and cheek things where it's just like okay, since it's supposed to be funny anyway, I can roll with it. It'd be one thing if it was supposed to be kind of more of a serious take, but since it's Wayne's World and you know Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, they just make me laugh just being on screen. So it's like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but it, it it just makes me happy that the world can see Wayne's World again. I think that's kind of the, the thing that makes me happy about it. And hopefully the success of it can kind of spin off something like a, a new movie or something. But um, which I know that they've been talking about for a while, but who knows? But um did you watch the there's one on YouTube um, that has the Cardi B commercial, but then they have like a a two, two or three hour thing where they they want to recognize all the local restaurants in each state. So it's like they have this two and a half hour, three hour thing where oh it's God. like an end credit kind of scroll thing where they're just showing. Yeah state by state all the kind of local restaurants that are within that state and they kind of do like a mystery science theater thing where they kind of point at things at first and be like oh yeah i like that look at that and they're just like pointing at the screen and then they just start making jokes about it where they're just kind of sitting there (laughs) they're playing chess and then they have like stunt doubles and stuff that come in that like are obviously not them (laughs) and dogs that are dressed as them and even alice cooper shows up and they drink tea together and and alice cooper's talking about like the history of football and like you know because like in the first movie he's like intelligent and like is super smart and it's like just this joke so it's it's very elaborate. Like I haven't watched the entire thing, but I've kind of scrubbed through it to kind of look at it. But it's, yeah, I was about I'll, to ask I'll, if you just sat and watched the whole thing. No, one of these days I probably will if I'm yeah. bored enough. But it's like it's definitely worth kind of just clicking through. It's just funny. I don't know, oh, but I'll I'll link it on the show notes. But it's, yeah, it's good. I want to watch that. I feel like that's a really good. So you have obviously the target demo of people like us in their 30s and 40s. But then they go to YouTube and they're kind of hitting that like, you know, you have YouTube challenges of like, can you sit here and watch the same clip over and over again for three hours or 10 hours <laughs> or whatever? Beast, though, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like they're doing that. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, it also reminds me of the whiskey commercial or was it Scotch that uh, Nick oh, Offerman yeah. did where he was sitting yeah. there by a fire and just sipping his drink yeah, for 30 it, minutes. It, it, it's very much just like that. And yeah. also it's like they also had a big like email campaign. It's like I I actually use Uber Eats. That's probably my preference of like delivery service for food. 
And so they, I get their emails. And we should like, get them as a sponsor. F- mm. For real. Uber Eats, <laughs> please sponsor us. Um, but, like, um, they featured Wayne's World in their email campaign for, like, the past month or two. Oh, cool. um, so it's like that was the first time that I saw the commercials from, like, an email that they did. And they kind of, like, designed it very, like, the basement of Wayne's, like, their background of their email and stuff. So oh, they, so like, fun. went all nice. in on this Wayne's World campaign. So it, it just makes me happy. I like it. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. I mean, I felt like the Cardi B ad was a very funny uh grab at a younger generation for sure yeah from like a relevancy perspective but i feel like watching it i'm like oh yeah watching them in hd is kind of cruel <laughs> watching yeah. them as many years later is even more yeah, cruel. so many wrinkles <laughs> right but i think in some sense that uh, that made it endearing in a way that i didn't anticipate so it was fun and then the tampa bay buccaneers won super bowl i don't know if you guys knew that <laughs> that's right but yeah they really remind uh, you. dominated in that skirmish for sure mm-hmm then there was another one that had that basically was a younger Edward Scissorhands, and that was for Cadillac. To did you guys catch this this commercial too? Did you see that when it happened? I did. Yes, I, did. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty creative. I liked it. It was. Yeah, it's like one of these things. Is like, what does Wayne's World have to do with Uber Eats? But it's like they did a kind of creative yeah. spin with the Edward Scissorhands and like the kind of self driving kind of thing where you don't yeah. have to use your hands. So I thought thought that was pretty clever. Uh, obviously, it's a cash grab, but it's like I don't know. It, it was they at least tried to make it work. Yeah, that's a good point. They they made it like they justified their reasoning for having the pop culture figure in there, rather than it having having it just be like, hey, we paid these guys a lot of money to come and be their character. They were, uh, you know, thirty yeah. years ago. I mean, I would absolutely watch. Uh, Edward Scissorhands sequel with Timothy Timothy Chalamet for sure. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, and they had Win- Winona Ryder back too, so that yeah. was cool. It, was, it made sense in the timeline, which I thought was really fun. Even him like having a job at like a sandwich shop and everything, like it was clever. They have like a scene where he looks at his phone and, and the screen is completely scratched <laughs> yeah. up. Like it's not it's not cracked; it's like scratched. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's just Such so a good funny. detail. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll put all of these in in the show notes. Those of you who actually know what show notes are and access them and actually read through them, we'll put them there. Passforward.com. Uh, Passforwardcast.com. Passforwardcast.com. Moving on, we have also this wasn't a Super Bowl commercial, but it was a Mountain Dew commercial that featured Gremlins. It probably should have been a Super Bowl commercial. Probably should have been. How did yeah. you feel about this one, Wes? Oh, I loved it. I, it's like I definitely do feel like it, it probably was intended to be one, but I wonder yeah. if like deadlines or something kind of ran into it. Um, but they have like the original guy that played Billy in the movies, Zach Galligan, the um, in the in the commercial, and there are so many Easter eggs in it. I actually, truth be told, it's like I almost made like a huge Instagram post about all the references and oh, kind of pointing do. out each of them, but I kind of stopped because I probably just figured that nobody actually cared. Um, oh, man, I a, care. That, I feel like that was <laughs> a good idea, Wes. Um, but, like, yeah, just this, like, 30-second spot, they just had a ton of, like, background things that I'm just like, oh, that's a uh, reference, that's an Easter egg. It's like, uh, like they the definitely put stuff. some love into it and, like, cared about it, so I, I liked it, so... I don't know. Yeah, I didn't Hopefully that'll that. spawn I just a sequel it was a good commercial. I like watched it once. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I watched that like probably 
16, 18 times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> get, get on your level. For real. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it for sure, but it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, Gremlins is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember being so unsettled because I didn't have any idea what I was walking into in that movie. <laughs> I remember being scared of the cover for Gremlins 2. Or was it 3? The one yeah. where it had, like, the arm, like, the... Yeah, the second you know one. About? Yeah, it's okay. two. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like he's sitting at a desk and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so we have something. We have another. Oh, I guess this is technically a reunion, at, but it's, it's the real world homecoming, New York. So they're bringing back the original yeah. first season New York cast of the real world, and they're putting them in a house again. Same house. Yeah. Which is amazing. So that's. Very fascinating. I don't know if any of you guys watched that season. I didn't catch on to the real world myself until around real world Seattle, which I feel like was the fourth or fifth season. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have the emotional attachment to these people, but um, I do remember them playing in like real world road rules challenges and things like that. So I am familiar with some of the, I was about to say characters, but I guess they're real people. (laughs) They're characters. Yeah. The cast. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely watched, uh, I, I agree. I think my very first season that I watched like front to back was, uh, New Orleans. Mm, yeah. I, th- I think that and was then, right after Seattle, I think. And it was a really challenging time to be able to go back and watch them all unless you wanted to go up and like watch MTV in the middle of the night when they would right. marathon them. So I remember, uh, I used my VCR plus to, uh, <laughs> Record stuff that was happening. Is that like Disney night. Plus or what is uh, that like? Do you know? Do you actually you guys know what that is? VCR Plus. I don't think no. so. It was basically a remote control with a mount that you put in front of your uh, TV and VCR that would, at a certain time that you had to program into the remote, it would uh, make the VCR start recording at a specific a specific time. It was like DVR for DVR. And Man. so I could I could record stuff overnight that I didn't want to watch, and so that's how actually how I watched and caught up on like all of the real world. That's that rich California money right there. I mean, I don't want to say that we were really lavish and like living in luxury <laughs> and opulence <laughs> and like super expensive, and our houses had columns and all that kind of stuff like that. But like, yeah, we were beachfront. You know, it's fun. But um, none of that. But yeah, that's all, in some weird way like that's what it took for me to catch up to this season and all the others because it was a tough time. Like you couldn't go watch them on Hulu in a weird way. I know. Tough times. Yeah. <laughs> I will say for a good stretch, I was a big real world fan. I, I mm-hmm. liked, I think I ended up liking Road Rules more for a hot minute there and then all the challenges and stuff because it was more interesting. But I yeah. mean, Seattle and New Orleans and, you know, I think the two or three after those, um, when they went back to New York and um, Chicago and things like that, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I think I only watched one season that was like the Hawaii one. I think that was like the uh, tech. 90s. Tech is I think that was the only one that I actually watched. This is a fun fact. For I went to the New Orleans house. I went to the oh, yeah? Austin house and the one in Hawaii. I've been nice. There. What? How? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Like for some reason, uh, people I were traveling with were also into it. I'm like, well, let's go to the houses then. <laughs> we check it out. That's pretty cool. That's crazy. Yeah. Deep cut. <laughs> yeah. So then the question that, is that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry that that's also that's currently on Paramount Plus. Um, nice. I did say that there's not much original content, but that is like one of the only few that they have. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and. 
I just blinked. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Shut down. (laughs) Well, speaking of Paramount Plus, I believe this next one's going to be on Paramount Plus because it is also MTV. Mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead are coming back, and it's good for uh, for another movie. This is oh, like so it's not a series reboot, but it is another, I guess, do do America sequel. Yes. <laughs> um, there is a teaser you can look it up on YouTube slash our show notes right now, mm-hmm. where you have Beavis and Butthead talking via Zoom, making their announcement. I'm very excited for this. How excited are you, Colin? I loved the show. Okay, I love the show. I watched a lot of it. I wasn't supposed to, but I still did. None Whatever. of us, yeah. That's, sure. yeah, that's all of our None of us were allowed to. <laughs> but uh, despite all of that, I think unbeknownst, or maybe against her better judgment, or maybe she's just way cooler than I realized, my mom bought me the VHS of Beavis and Butthead to America. Nice. What? And That is I the only mom that. in history that's bought anything yes. but Beavis and Butthead. I know. And I watched the wheels off of that VHS, like... Oh my gosh, so many times. So the fact that they're making a sequel to that, <laughs> oh, it gives me very much excitement inside. <laughs> but one thing that I thought was interesting about this is that a lot of this stuff was posted by Paramount Plus, like all the other stuff that we're talking about. But it's like this one was posted, like if you look on the YouTube link, it's from Comedy Central, mm-hmm. which is like, are they kind of just shifting around their kind of properties? Like I think Viacom owns all this yeah, kind of stuff, Viacom. I guess Paramount, but it's like, it's weird that like, you know, that is such like a core MTV brand kind of yeah. thing. It's like, it's weird to think that they're kind of putting that under the comedy central umbrella, but it's that like, it's true. still going to be Paramount plus. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I thought yeah. that was just a weird detail. No, that is true. Uh, what's interesting to me is that, I mean, Beavis and Butthead are characters that were modeled after a certain personality type that definitely existed in the early 90s. And, I mean, they're wearing Metallica, ACDC shirts. Yeah. Um, so, not that I don't think they're, I don't think that they're worried about reaching a new generation with these guys. <laughs> At least they shouldn't because it's just so like i don't know i i feel like this is really only something that those of us who lived back then would get and watch the show would get so it's time stamped for sure yeah well i think that um i think we covered this like probably like a year or two ago but it's like mike judge was supposedly bringing back a tv series for beavis and butthead and mm-hmm. I think he was quoted, obviously it was during the Trump administration, but he was saying that like, you know, now is like this, a good time to bring it back because America is so stupid. <laughs> so it's like, um, but it's like, I haven't heard much else about the TV series. I don't know if they just kind of transitioned into just doing this movie instead yeah. or what it is or if the show's still happening. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that was kind of Mike Judge's, um, kind of commentary on why right now is a good time to bring it back other than you know money but yeah well to continue the paramount plus train to prove less wrong we have (laughs) well i said that they didn't launch with anything (laughs) oh Uh, i I said that they were announcing a lot when they actually launched (laughs) yeah well the next thing up is the rugrats uh, they're bringing Rugrats back, and it's this time in 3D. It's, <laughs> it's 
not animated as hand drawn, but it's mm-hmm. computer animated, which is interesting. I guess I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it because it doesn't feel like Rugrats to me. There's a teaser once again on YouTube slash our show notes. You can take mm-hmm. a look at it. Um, I don't know. How, what do you guys think about it? I personally think it's fantastic that they have the original voice cast. That is and, that is great. Yeah, yeah. and the original music, cool. which is like magical. Like those were two very iconic pieces yeah. of that original show. To have both of those back is very impressive. I'll say that for how long it's been. I will say that like you'll probably agree with me too, Colin. Chucky's glasses. The detail in his glasses just alone, like for some reason stood out to me. There's like little dings and like kind of imperfections in his glasses that I'm Mm -hmm. just like, wow, they some nerdy person spent so much time like banging up his glasses and making them look like real and kind of tangible and like textured and stuff. It's I didn't really notice anything else that way, but it's like for some reason his glasses just stood out to me. No, it's, I mean, even the way they're doing it feels a little bit more like uh, the Peanuts movie, if you guys watch yeah. that, where it's not yeah. a, trying to be an animated movie. It almost feels like it's like this strange stop motion, sort of like claymation-y feel uh, that it has that vibe to it and just like the way that everything's a little bit feeling low frame rate or jerky or like there are big parts of the models that don't move, Like whereas like in a Pixar or a Disney movie now, like everybody breathes and it's constantly like in this weird motion, like a human being, but they leave like big parts of their model still as how you would draw them mm. uh, in an interesting way. Hmm. Uh, and only the parts that are like there to get your interaction and to get your, your brain to watch them are moving. It's an interesting little style that I'll, I love. It kind of feels like they made it out of paper mache in a weird interesting <laughs> way. So I think it'll be cool. I think do, it's a very unique style they're taking on with the animation that probably only I appreciate. <laughs> but in some weird sense, like, <laughs> thanks for doing it for me, Rugrats people. R- Rugrats lasted, like, long, longer than we did as kids. Like, that, I feel like mm-hmm. Rugrats was, it, it launched during the prime for us, but then we kind of grew out of it, and it was still going. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's they, true. They did the all grown up stuff, they did the movies, and it's, uh, I feel like, it's got a wide net, net to cast there, which so mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would revive this because it's got a lot of people who probably are emotionally attached to it. So uh, yeah. hopefully they do it justice. And I mean, bringing back the original voice cast, of course, there's a lot there and keeping the Brilliant. tone of it and everything for sure. Like you said, the music and I, I, I have no doubt they'll, I, it wasn't that long ago that they stopped making these. So sure. yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah. It just it yeah, just, and I, it jarred I, me a little bit not seeing the the hand drawn animation. Yeah, yeah, because it had a very deliberate style to the animation. Like it was kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of uh, kind of crummy looking a little bit. Like it yeah. wasn't yeah, like well, just sure. like pristine hand drawn. Is it, it had a very human element to it that was like it definitely added to the character of Rugrats, and I think it was kind of a. I don't know if it's the same team that worked on All Real Monsters, but it's like it, it was definitely mm-hmm. that kind of similar style that they mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good call. Okay. Mortal Kombat. The trailer has released for the new Mortal Kombat movie. It's rated the R. Red, the Red Band trailer. Yeah, it's the Red Band trailer. 
and <laughs> Colin, are you okay? <laughs> I so I again YouTube show notes. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, I don't think I want to watch this. <laughs> oh. It gave me the same kind of feelings that I, you know, Colin and I are unabashedly not people who watch gory or scary things, and not that Mortal Kombat is scary, but it definitely is gory. Yeah, uh, pixel, pixel blood, notorious. Yeah, and so I just don't know if I. Maybe it's the Enneagram Nine in me. I just don't know if I want to watch a bunch of people murder each other over and over again. Well, on I, I'm a nine, and I'm I'm all about this. Man. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what it is. But you, well, you got to tell them what Heather said. I thought that was funny. I don't remember what did she say. She, you posted like that. She uh, texted you immediately after and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you promisingly? Are you promising going to take me to seek Mortal yeah. Kombat?" It's so funny. I watched that and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if I if I can stomach this movie." And then my wife texts me. I don't know minutes after I watched that trailer, and she's like, "So you're taking me to see this, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess I will be seeing it regardless That's true, because yeah. my wife loves blood and guts and action movies. So Man. see, like I'll chime in on this because I'm probably the target audience for this more than you guys. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, the mortal Kombat, the nineties movie came out and it was like, obviously it was PG 13 and to appeal to kids you that were playing the game. Of course. So it's like, it was very PG 13. You know, I don't, I don't even think there was like a drop of blood in that movie, yeah. which was good because I was able to convince my dad to go see it with me. Um, but it's <laughs> like, this is the movie that fans of the game deserve. This is like, this yeah. is what gives mortal Kombat its name and just all this, man, it's, I. It's insane the kind of stuff that they did in this trailer. It's like the main thing that sticks out to me that like was just shocking and just memorable is like Sub-Zero punches Scorpion and there's a string of blood that comes out and he freezes it and then stabs Scorpion with like the frozen string of blood that comes out of him. It's like the amount of creativity and killing and <laughs> gore and stuff is it's kind of like the old like Friday 13th movies where it's just like man they're just like dreaming up just the most disturbing ways to kind of show gore and just shock and it's crazy i mean i don't know <laughs> it definitely yeah. makes you wonder like what's going on in these people's heads when they think of these things i thought oh, about yeah, this one for the, sure the they're broken for too. sure yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like i don't know this is all you, you want and it's one, one of these things where it's like it's either going to be really good and that's going to be a good thing for the fans or it's going to be really bad and it's going to also still be a good thing like because it's <laughs> yeah. like this could be so like one of those so bad that it's good kind of situations because yeah, the, sure. uh, the original movie was like that too where it's like it's not a great movie but it's like it's just a it just bleeds, no pun intended, uh, just that guilty pleasure kind of thing. Does anybody um, even die in the 90s one? I, don't, I, I think don't remember so. anybody even, like a good guy, I'm sure. They they kind of just like win the fight and they're just kind of laying there, but right. I don't make, they don't like make it blatantly it's so obvious that it's yeah, like I, you're I killing somebody. Very campy. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as bad as Street Fighter was. 
That one was pretty uh, bad. Yeah, that was awful. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm stoked for this. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it more and more as it nears its release, and then once it is released, um, I might have to bring my wife on here to talk about it. So. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it comes out on HBO Max, so it's like it comes out. It's like that HBO Max thing that they do during this pandemic where they're releasing it in theaters, but they're also releasing it in HBO Max the same day. So you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do, what, mm-hmm. you're, what you feel comfortable doing. Nice. Yeah, I feel like it has like uh, I don't know if you guys watched uh, the Final Destination movies. Oh yeah, that's what but, it reminded me of for sure. But yeah, like the way that they're like, what is an insane way for someone to die? Yeah, yep. these are like, what's an insane way for us to use CG technology to kill people? And in the same way that I felt like uh, there was like the Christopher Nolan Batman, where like uh, the things that Bane did to a lot of people. At oh, some yeah. point, I'm like. Why are we just giving the terrorists ideas? <laughs> it's sort of how I feel about this movie. In a weird See, way. I like, feel like like the Dark Knight Rises. That's like it's a little too real, so it's yeah. just like it kind of hits you in a different way. But this is so like campy and over the top that it's yeah. just like for some reason it kind of gives me permission in my brain to somewhat enjoy it because it's just so over the top that it's just like. But, like, Batman, yeah, there's just this, like, heaviness to those types of movies where you're just like, oh, this is too real. It's right. tapping into, like what you say, you're just giving terrorists ideas for things. Yeah. Well, and it's a good point, too, about bringing up Final Destination. I think it is. I think I've been, I think I was traumatized by Final Destination, honestly, because sure. I was in, like, eighth grade. Yeah. When that movie came out, I had no idea what it was and just, like, was slapped in the face with that movie. Uh, and then, like, the next day, I had to get on a plane to go to oh, D.C. in my 8th grade film trip. No way. <laughs> You're, like, checking oh. the little holder thing. Like, on that the, movie uh, rocked tray. me. And it was just like, yeah, okay, finding new and creative. Oh, and then I made the mistake of watching the second one, too, in high school. And it's just, like, where they want oh, up yeah. everything. Just the most gruesome and gory ways to kill people. Just, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. We're all broken. I'm too much of a, a baby. I don't know. I'll probably still end up watching it. I th- I do think it's very uh, apropos or poetic, maybe in some sense that the game that uh, got so much heat for having like uh, red squares as blood <laughs> yeah. is able to be the one that pioneers this level of detail and CG oh, yeah. prowess for the oh, yeah. unbelievably grotesque and gruesome ways of killing people. Yeah, I think and it's going to be it, pretty great. I think I broke the record for YouTube of like most watched red band trailer. Oh, wow. Mm. Which is not surprising. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right. Well, one last thing to talk about, and it's our uh, usual segment of West Reviews things that Colin <laughs> and I didn't watch. So, yeah, it's my, one of my favorite parts, actually. <laughs> We just want to watch less and less just to let Wes just go off. It's <laughs> yes. like almost better than watching them myself. We need to come up with like an actual name for this segment. <laughs> Wes's, Wes's Wes Corner. After Dark. Wes's yeah. Review Corner. Yeah. Where Wes is now going to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Curse of the Shadows. Take it away, mm-hmm. Wes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's currently still airing because it's like one of, it's one of these rare shows right now that is week by week it comes out every friday so i've watched 
probably half of them, but there's still a few to be aired. Um, but uh, as far as you know, that they came out with a Are You Afraid of the Dark miniseries, mm-hmm. I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was three episodes, and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, I definitely like this one more. I do like the actors, the Midnight Society, in the other one better um, than this one, but I like the storyline of this one a lot more. Um, and this one's six episodes, so you get a lot more for it. And they don't really explain why there's a different Midnight Society. It's like me knowing what I know, I probably would guess that they couldn't afford the other cast um, because they were better actors. Interesting. Um, I think one of the kids from It was in in the other one. So I think that they probably was thinking like, uh, well, if we're going to continue with this potentially we should probably get cheaper actors so that we can kind of make this a more long running thing Mm -hmm. um but it's like the other storyline it's like i just wasn't super into the storyline i didn't think it was that creepy because it was like mr top hat and the carnival stuff that it's like i don't really find that scary i guess they kind of went into that be like yeah it pennywise is creepy and clowns and stuff so let's do a carnival theme um, but this one's, I got to admit, it's pretty creepy. It's like to the point where they probably took it a little too far for kids to watch this. Um, <laughs> That's too bad. And they did, uh, you know, like things like seances and a Ouija board and just mm. all this kind of stuff where I'm just like, ah, I don't know. That's a little much, especially for kids. And it's like. I really don't like horror stuff that kind of deals with that because I personally believe in more of that kind of spiritual realm kind of thing. So it's like, it's a little too close to home, but it's like, thankfully it was only one of the episodes that kind of dealt with that. But, Mm -hmm. um, but they, I can tell that they go into a lot of the horror stuff that, that really worked. I could tell that they were inspired by a lot of like the good moments in horror movies, like things like Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, uh, Stranger Things even, and The Hmm. Ring. Um, So they kind of, I like it because it's like, you know, that's the good stuff, but it's like, you can tell that they were obviously very heavily influenced by stuff that just works like the horror tropes. Yeah. Um, It's almost like they had like a checklist of that kind of stuff. But it's just, I don't know, it's hard for me not to like that because they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I'm not I'm not done yet, but like so far it's so good. Um, but like, um, I, it's a continuous story. Like I said, it's six episodes, but it's like how we know and love Are You For The Dark? It was an anthology series. So like yeah. each episode was original story. So I don't know why they're kind of taking that this way because like, you kind of get a little tired of the storyline. I feel like, um, mm. I feel like they would, I don't know if they're just kind of trying to see if there's interest and then develop more of like an anthology. Cause I know that that's a lot of work to do original stories every episode. Sure. Um, but I like it. I think it's good. So hmm. I don't know. We'll see how it ends. I, maybe we'll do a follow up when I actually see them all, but well, and you've pretty much decreased any chance Colin and I had of actually watching it by saying it was scary even for you. So yeah, and that is single. It's like I don't know. It it's is. like there, there's a lot of scenes of like, um, 
where you sleep. And I feel like mm. one of the main movies that has creeped me out has been Paranormal Activity because, yeah. it, you know, the whole movie takes place like when you're sleeping. And it's like, that's when you're the most vulnerable. And like, especially if you watch something like that late at night, you're about to go to bed. It just kind of plays in your psyche. So it's like, even this kind of played into that a lot. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's like, I can't imagine like a 10 year old kid watching this and like sleeping good. It's like, I, I don't know. So they might, may, they may need to backtrack a little bit if they kind of continue making these. <laughs> Yeah, see that that exactly is what uh, scared the bejesus out of me about uh, the Revenge of the Body Snatchers, because you could oh, only yeah. have your body snatched while you were asleep, and I was like, oh, "That's no ah. problem. I'll just never sleep again, ever." <laughs> yeah, that one that one screwed me up for a while there for sure. Okay, Wolf. well, we'll look forward to Wes's follow up on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, and I'm sure he will. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like things were creepy, scary to us when Are You Afraid of the Dark was originally airing. Do you feel, Wes, that it's more creepy and scary for kids to watch? You know what I'm saying? Like, are have things gotten... Are we so much more desensitized that we're exposing kids to either even more scary and creepy things where it's like if they showed us currently what's on Are You Afraid of the Dark now back in the 90s oh, yeah. We'd be traumatized. it would have messed us up oh yeah i i'm because kids like are exposed to a lot more now right and it's like and just information of like you know death and just other things in the world that are actually real and scary so it's like i feel like we had a level of we were kind of naive to the actual terrors of the world but i feel like there's just kids are just exposed to everything now so it's like it's almost i can tell like with this kind of show is like kind of a challenge of like let's make a a kid's thing that's actually scary because it's like so many kids now they're watching like it and the Mm r-rated movies now it's like obviously i did too but it was kind of more of the tv version of it but it's like stuff now is just messed up and like people are so desensitized so it's like they can't they keep pushing the bar further yeah. and further. So it's just like, yeah, we're all broke. It's kind of like the Mortal Kombat thing. It's like, we are a lot of broken minded people to like enjoy this stuff, but it's like, yeah. So it, it is like a sad thing that kids are so desensitized that they have to really push the bar. But it's like, I don't know. Well, you know, our parents are probably saying the same things about us in the eighties and nineties. Oh, so. I know all right, for sure. <laughs> This is yeah. why we cling to the good old days. I know. <laughs> I guess if you figure, like, if kids can watch, like, CNN and NBC and Fox News and all that garbage right now. See all the real world horrors? We got to go on? one up from that. Yeah. Stab somebody with their own blood. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think about all these teasers, these trailers, the revivals, and the passings away? Let us know. <laughs> we have social media accounts at Pass Forward Cast. Instagram is probably the one where we're most active. We also have a Twitter. We also have an email, passforwardcast at AOL.com. If you want a long form type to us, we'd love to hear from you. And I think that's it for now. So until next time. You said mount. <laughs> <laughs> I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Mm. Later, snorts. 
Fast Forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Not... Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's on! Oh, yeah! Kick it!